Hi, I'm Nicole Ferraro, and this is The Divide, a podcast from Light Reading exploring the ongoing digital divide, why and where it still exists, and what needs to be done to get people everywhere connected to reliable high-speed internet. Today, I'm joined by Washington State Representative Drew Hansen, who has served in the state legislature since 2011, representing Washington's 23rd Legislative District. Representative Hansen is the lead sponsor of the Public Broadband Act, a recently passed law in Washington state that effectively reverses a prior state law banning municipal broadband. He and I discussed the digital divide in Washington state and why the Public Broadband Act was necessary, the difficulty that he and his colleagues faced in getting it passed, what the next steps are once the law officially takes effect this July, and more. All right, Representative Hansen, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure, of course. So um, before we talk about the main reason you're here, which is the legislation you passed, um, I'd love to hear a little bit about the digital divide in Washington state. Um, Where does it exist and what are the main barriers to access across the state? I think Washington is probably like most other states where there are a few different digital divides, right? There's the divide where people have literally no access at all. Mm-hmm. There's the divide where people have some access, but it's unreliable. There's the divide where people have some access, or but it's just they can't afford it, right? And so Washington State has all three of those problems. And we heard testimony at the hearing from people with all three of those problems. Got it. So let's talk a little bit about um, the the hearing. Well, specifically the legislation that you passed, um, your bill HB one three three six, the Public Broadband Act. First of all, congratulations on getting Thank that you. done. I know it's not an easy task to pull legislation over the finish line. Um, so tell me a bit about this bill. What does it do, and why was it important to you to pass it? Sure. I mean, the bill's real simple. The bill repeals an absurd state law that prohibited some local governments from offering broadband to the public. Uh, Washington is an outlier. You know, 32 states already do what my law now allows us to do, which is if a local government, a port, public utility district, a county, a town wants to offer broadband to the public, they can do that. If they don't, then they don't have to. And so my bill just removes this absurd state law that should never have existed in the first place and lets local governments have the freedom to serve the public in whatever way the public wants. And was it was it a challenge to get that passed? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, <laughs> like we had, look, we had overwhelming public support. Mm-hmm. We had very strong bipartisan support from legislators in both the House and the Senate, both Republicans and Democrats. But uh, we had a bunch of nonsense that was being spewed at all possible levels about why we should continue these ridiculous protectionist state laws. And we had to counteract that. You know, people have been trying to repeal this law in Washington state for nearly 20 years. I mean, it's a, uh, it is not easy to do once something like this gets put in place, which is precisely why people should guard so hard against getting these laws in place in the first place. And that nonsense you're referring to, where's that coming from primarily? Uh, that nonsense is primarily coming from the tele- telecom companies uh, and other and and people who are sympathetic to the sort of bizarro world talking points that they spool up for this. I mean, it's just, you know, 32 states don't have restrictions on public broadband. And yet last time I checked, 
internet still exists, both private and public, in 32 other states, right? I mean, these kind of like like wild predictions that there will be no more broadband offered by any private company ever. I mean, this sort of absurdity, because let's remember, the telecommunications companies are taking public money. Okay, I mean, maybe not all of them, but we got a list of who's taking the who's taking the federal money. There's a bunch of private companies in Washington state that are taking a lot of federal money. Unsurprisingly, they want to be able to keep taking federal money, but then also have a state law that blocks them from public competition. That's a pretty sweet deal. I'd probably want that too if I were them, right? So like, you know, they have to talk a bunch of nonsense in order to mask what is fundamentally an indefensible position, which is they want both the ability to take public money and public protection in law from any public competition. Now, to that point, I, it's my understanding that there was a law passed simultaneously um, that seems to be more on the side of, of the telcos in, in Washington state simultaneously with your law being passed. Can you tell me a bit about that law and whether or not it's going to impede the intention of the Public Broadband Act? Yeah, no that that law was a that law was a smaller and narrower version of what we did in my law. So that law authorizes public entities to serve the unserved. Uh, okay. My law authorizes public entities to serve whoever they want. But there's you know there's no conflict between the two, right? There are two independent grants of authority. One grants authority that's kind of narrower. Mine grants authority that's broader. They have slightly different reporting requirements. And look, you know, we pass them both because you want to recognize when your colleagues work hard on an issue and make progress on it and develop sensible policy, even if it's not everything that we think we need to do to make the state for move the state forward. Which is why I supported passing both bills. Okay, gotcha. Um, So the Public Broadband Act officially becomes law in July. So what do you hope that the state will be able to accomplish once the law is officially enacted? And, you know, are there any municipalities already planning broadband projects that maybe they couldn't have, uh, you know, done before? Yeah. And so the immediate next step is up to communities. I mean, everyone needs to ask their own local governments, their counties, you know, their public utility districts, their ports, their towns. Okay, so what's your plan? You know, you now have the authority to run broadband to the public, just like you offer electricity or, or water. Uh, what's your plan? We, we want this. And then there's about $200 million plus in state money that's going to be available for broadband access. Great. What's your plan to get our share of that money to help you run fiber to people? And obviously, there is potentially $100 billion in the Biden infrastructure initiative for the broadband plan that you can get a share of. So the immediate next step is each community needs to decide for itself what kind of like whether they want public broadband and if so, what's going to look like. And then people need to work at the local level. Uh, so that's kind of where we're shifting our focus now is the same broad coalition that was behind this bill in the first place plans to continue continue working at local levels to make sure that people get the public broadband options they need. Okay, great. Yeah, that's what I was wondering was how you take this from becoming a law to becoming enacted in the actual communities. How do you get people to learn about it? And it sounds like you have the advocacy already in place for that. So that's great. Yeah. 
Um, so you mentioned uh, the, the Biden's bill um, and the discussions happening in D.C. That's the last thing that I want to get your input on before I let you get back to uh, making laws for the good people of Washington state. Um, so like you said, there's there's a potentially $100 billion on the line for broadband. There's also a, a lot of contentious debate about where that money should be going, um, whether or not it should be funding municipal broadband. Um so as a lawmaker yourself, what do you want to see legislators in D.C. take into consideration when drafting whatever bill or bills come forward? Um, and what do you say to those who argue against municipal broadband, argue that it's, uh, you know, by and large a failure and the telcos have proven that they can reach uh, whoever they want if they're incentivized? It probably won't surprise you that my view is that if we're investing the public's money, It should go to public broadband run by public entities. Mm -hmm. It should not exist as a subsidy to private companies. Okay, if if that's the only way we can do it is to is to do it with a private company in in partnership with a public entity with an open access network that anyone can jump on. Fine, that's the only way we can do it. That's not my preferred option. My preferred option is you have like a, you have the city of Chattanooga that runs their own fiber optic network, right? You have the city of Anacortes in Washington State that runs their own public broadband network. So yeah, I mean, I think if we're, I mean, I think it's great. I think look, this is just like rural electrification in the 1930s. Like we do need a large federal investment and a large state investment to make sure that we're running broadband. But when we're spending public money, it should be going to public entities that are publicly accountable and that will provide services to the public, not as some subsidy to some telecom company. I think uh, you you said it. Um, thank you so much, Representative Hansen. Thank you so much for your uh, time and for the great work you did to get the broadband, uh, the Public Broadband Act passed. I'm sure it's going to uh, bear a lot of fruit. Good. I hope so. Okay. Well, thanks for being interested in it. Thank you again, Representative Drew Hansen, for your time. And thank you to our producer, Tian Fu, for making this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more episodes of The Divide, as well as interviews and insights from the Light Reading team. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.